0: Today is Women's minist- the first Sunday of Women's Ministry Month, and um, Pastor Mina is a woman, and uh, me being a man, uh, I will I have I will not I, you know I can't preach this month, so I'm a little bit bummed out, but I really am I'm a little bit bummed out, but we get the honor of uh, uh, hearing Pastor Mina preach this morning. We're coming to work today. I mean we're coming not work, we're coming to church today, and uh, she was crying. She was crying in the car. She's like. <laughs> And I was like, I knew, I, I, like I said earlier, I knew it wasn't me, because I was really good to my wife you know, this weekend, and she said, uh, she was, as she was writing the sermon, she, like, she, she was getting breakthrough for herself, and as she was th- processing the sermon, and as she was walking, so we know it's going to be a powerful sermon today, so if you believe it, say amen, amen. and let's welcome up Pastor Mina. Thank you, Pastor Caleb. You know, it's uh, I'm a little bit of a crier, and I think that's okay. It's, right. it's okay. And so, uh, you know, Caleb is my husband, so he sees me cry quite often. And so I asked him today in the elevator, So, honey, tell me the truth. Did you think it was a bad cry or a good cry? And he said, I knew it was a good cry. And in my mind, I was like, wow, my, my husband is a wise man. And then he told me, oh, it's because I didn't do anything wrong today. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Caleb. <laughs> uh, so as uh, Pastor Caleb led us in a time of corporate intercession, it is June. It is our Women's Ministry Month. And I think it's it's exciting because it's not just the women leaders that are backing us up here, but it's fully all the men leaders of the house as well who are backing up the women. And so uh, Pastor Christian and Aaron, the lead pastors of New Philly, have set this month as Women's Ministry Month to kind of pave the way to show that, man, women have a voice. And uh, women ministers, they carry an anointing as well. Uh, they speak with clarity and wisdom. And so I want you guys to get excited. It's all three campuses. It's every single Sunday service, as well as our Friday fire prayer meetings. It's going to be all ladies, okay, all pretty hair done up, wearing the dresses. It's going to look, we're going to look, look good. We're going to preach it to you good as well, amen? Amen. So it's cool because actually in the hillside (laughs) campus, Karis, our baby Karis is also a lady. She is excited for Women's Ministry Month. It's cool actually because in the hillside campuses, we also have women uh, leading praise. Uh, Unfortunately, or fortunately and unfortunately, right now we have Kelly and uh, Herman leading. And so we didn't want Herman to wear a wig today. Uh, you know, just to follow through. So don't mind that. Uh, the women ministers will be preaching all throughout this month. And so, uh, you know, as Pastor Caleb was sharing, it was really powerful uh, this morning. And usually uh, in my sermon preparation on Sundays, I like to just kind of connect with God. Uh, I see, God, what are you trying to, to do this Sunday? It was very strange. So I started reading through my sermon. <laughs> Cry! I cried on the way to church. I cried at church, and everyone's like really awkward because they don't know what's going on. So they're like, oh, you know, is Pastor Mina okay? Is she okay? But it's just, man, God was really touching my heart uh, with this message. Uh, this, uh, the message I'm going to preach today, is something. It's like a burning within me. It's something that it's a kingdom principle that I really believe that the body of Christ needs to not just grasp, hold on to, but continue to go deeper and into revelation of. And that uh, message I'm going to preach today is about honor. And so I know that New Philly, we have a culture of honor here uh, where we really honor the leaders, we honor one another, Uh, but I never get sick of hearing these messages because there's always a deeper revelation that God wants to take us through in this kingdom principle of honor. And so uh, our passage today, if you could open your Bibles, is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, it's the first passage, 1 through 5. Okay, so I'm going to read it for you guys, if you guys can follow along and just keep your Bibles open after the reading. Mark 6, 1 through 5. He, this is Jesus, went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, And among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Okay, now before this passage, Jesus, he's traveling all over the regions of Galilee. He's teaching, he's preaching with great authority that signs and wonders are following him everywhere. Man, you hear about uh, he heals a paralytic, he heals a man with a withered hand, he's casting out demons, and he's getting so famous to the point where people are seeing that kind of authority that he's moving in, that crowds are following him all across the region. It says in Mark that his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And so powerful were his works that people were just kind of stalking him, they're following him everywhere. Now, isn't this amazing that in all these other cities, these kind of great miracles are happening? But here in our passage today, when Jesus he comes to his hometown, it says that just a few sick people get healed. Okay, this is like few. Think about minor sicknesses like headaches, maybe a backache here or a stomach ache, perhaps a minor case of arthritis. It's very few people get healed. But compared to the works that happened in the places before his hometown, nothing was compared. It was a big lack. It was a huge, uh, you know, gap between what happened. So what I want you guys to pay attention to today is the beginning of verse 5. He could do no mighty work there. Here, I want you guys to notice. Notice it doesn't say in the Bible that Jesus wouldn't do any work. Can you imagine Jesus is coming to his hometown? I'm sure he really wanted to minister to his people. And how many people know today that Jesus, he wants to minister to you today? God is a God that he loves to reach out to his people. He loves to encounter them. So this was not the case here that Jesus wouldn't minister. Because in that case, it would be on his end, right? Or what he could handle. But it says that he could do no mighty work. Okay, the Amplified Bible says it a little better. It says, and he was not able. Okay, this means that something in the hometown was restraining him. There's something restraining Jesus from moving in power. Now, if Jesus is not able to do power things there, powerful things there, there's something that's blocking the anointing, blocking the giftings that he has. Now, catch this, because Jesus, he's the son of God, right? He's the perfect example to us as Christians of what it looks like for a human being to be fully submitted to God, to be fully under the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet this man in his hometown was restricted and unable to move powerfully. And so we might have to ask ourselves, hey, why why was Jesus restrained? And we can find out the answer in the, next, uh, in the ver- previous two verses. So you want to go to uh, verses 3 and 4. I'll read it for you. The crowd said, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Okay, listen carefully to this next verse. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor. Everyone say honor honor except in his hometown and among his relative and in his own household okay so what's happening in this situation okay so this uh passage today is from mark but there's also several references you know how the uh, the gospels have different stories in each of the each of the uh gospels and so we look to luke 414 here it's talking about the same passage so a little bit of a background of what's happening here is jesus he's coming to the city of nazareth Again, this is his hometown where he was raised in. It's Sabbath, and he enters the synagogue. The synagogue's a place where all the Jewish people gather together. And he stands up to read the scroll of Isaiah, and he reads Isaiah 61. I'll read it for you, a scripture uh, that's basically talking about the coming Messiah. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, Jesus is reading this to the people here, to the Jewish people in the synagogue, The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Okay. And In this passage in Luke, he rolls up the scroll, he gives it back to the attendant, and he sits down. And while everyone is staring at him... As he reads this, he says, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Okay, so this is the situation that's happening. He's going back to his hometown. and He's basically reading this and he's saying, hey guys, I'm the Messiah. Hey everyone, I grew up with, I'm the savior of the world. Okay, but man, when this started happening, you look in Luke, it says that people started talking. Isn't uh isn't he the son of the carpenter? Didn't he make my furniture? Isn't that isn't that made by Jesus in my house? That table? Maybe they're even kind of whispering, hey man, isn't that Jesus? He's a boy born out of wedlock. I used to hang out with Jesus when I was young. Okay, there's all these different kinds of conversations that are going on in his hometown. Then you have to remember, the Jewish people, they had a certain image of what the Messiah was going to look like. Okay, so these people, uh, the Jewish people in this time, they're waiting, they're in season. They know that the Messiah is coming. They have their eyes, they're waiting, and they're ready for him. Now, it's interesting because their image of what the Messiah looked like was developed from Old Testament Scripture. And so, you know, Jesus, he reads this Isaiah scroll. But also it says in Isaiah, the same prophet wrote, for us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Okay, the same prophet is saying this, and so to them, they're kind of expecting this militant, victorious Messiah. Okay, it's in the time when the Roman people are conquering over Israel, they're oppressing them, and so they're thinking, man, the son of David, this, this line of David is going to come, and he's going to reign as king over us. Okay? It says in Jeremiah 23, 5, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for, a da- for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Okay? so they were waiting for this Messiah. And so when Jesus comes up, he reads the scroll and he says, hey guys, it's me. They're kind of like, man, what? Who is this guy? This is one of our OG boys from our hometown here. Can you imagine? They're probably thinking, man, this guy does not know what he's talking about. Now this shows me something about the way God works. Many times God will send you what you need in a package that you do not want. You have to remember these Jewish people, they've been waiting. There's been prophecies, Abraham, Isaac, and this. They've been hearing all these different things in the Old Testament. Prophets prophesying about what the Messiah is going to look like. They need a Savior. God's been showing them all throughout the Old Testament that this is the covenant of the law. Okay, as Moses brought the Ten Commandments, this is the law, and you need to follow it. Obviously, they're falling short of the law, and they're desperate in need of a Savior. Yet when it comes in the package of Jesus, all they can do is reject him. They do not honor him. How many times do we do the same thing as well, right? We've been asking God, I want breakthrough in my finances. God, I want breakthrough in this. God, I want breakthrough in that. I want breakthrough in my relationship with my family. And yet when God offers us a package in the, in the package of trials, let's say, in a packaging of difficulty, how many times is that we reject it just because it's not in the way we thought or just because it's not in the way we would like? Now, in this uh, verse, verse 4, in the Greek, the word is teeny. <laughs> teeny, okay? Uh, the literal definition is a valuing. Okay? Other definitions are to appreciate, to esteem, to respect, and to acknowledge. So when I kind of dug up a little bit, it's kind of like the Greek people, when they heard this word teeny, they kind of thought of it as like a money value, something precious, something like gold, Let's say if you have gold, you're not just going to stick it around wherever your house. You're going to take it and and put it away in a safe, right? Honor is something that you appreciate. Now, sometimes when we hear a word, it's also helpful to understand what the opposite means, right? To fully grasp the understanding of the word. So the antonym of the word honor is dishonor. Okay, In in the Greek, it's called aetinii. (laughs) not a to nay okay uh a to knee okay now this means to treat as common okay so the opposite of honor is to treat as common in other words you're treating it as ordinary to not respect it or to not value so what happens in nazareth here is that people they are withholding honor from jesus They are seeing him as the ordinary hometown boy. And as a result, only a few headaches get healed. Only a few backaches, very minor things. Little power is pulled out from Jesus because of their lack of honor. Now, the restriction for Jesus and the reason he could do no mighty work was, again, not dependent on Jesus. But it was because that they did not honor him. Okay, uh, if you guys can turn to Matthew 8, 5, 13. Uh, This is a passage about a Roman centurion, okay? And so I kind of want to show you the opposite of what's happening in his hometown through this passage. Okay, so basically Jesus is entering into the city of Capernaum. A centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying, paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. Okay. Let's take a pause here. Okay. What is a centurion? Yeah. I kind of imagine the, uh, <laughs> the, like the horse. like this kind of horse, but that's not what a centurion is, okay? A centurion is a Roman officer. So when Jesus is talking to him here, again, remember, Rome has conquered Israel. Okay, so he's an officer of the Roman army, which means he's very high up there. And he's talking to a Jewish carpenter. Okay, so status-wise, we have the Roman centurion up here. He's like baller, well-respected. And then we have Jesus the carpenter down here. And yet this centurion is showing Jesus so much honor. It's kind of like if we, you know, uh, the U.S. was in Iraq for a while, right? It's kind of like a U.S. officer talking to like a, a, a waiter and showing him this kind of honor. It's like totally absurd in the natural mind. Okay, but the centurion, this Roman officer, saying to Jesus, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof amazing okay he gives this reason for i too am a man under authority with soldiers under me and i say to this one go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does that this centurion he understood and he knew the power of authority because as a roman officer he's under authority he's also giving authority So he's basically paralleling it to his own life. He's saying, Jesus, just like I told my servant, go and they go, you can say a word to my servant and he'll be healed. He's paralleling this to his own life. He's basically saying, hey, my minions, they go, they listen, and now you the same way, you can say it and he will be healed. When Jesus heard this, he marveled, and he said to those who followed him, Truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying here that he found more faith in this Roman officer than anyone in Israel. Okay, this is like all his disciples. This is maybe even his mom, Mary. Okay, it's John the Baptist these are all the jewish people at the time and jesus is saying this centurion's understanding of honor uh, of authority he's now able to fully receive everything i have to give the fullness of the breakthrough that he needs it's his and just by the word his servant is instantly healed now you see this all throughout the bible you see those who honor jesus they get the full gift of who jesus was You see this with the example of the friends, you know, the paralyzed man, they carry over to the rooftop, they cut the roof open and they lower him down. They're honoring Jesus for who he is. And so as a result, the man gets fully healed. And then you see the opposite, like those uh, who withhold honor from Jesus, like those in his hometown, Nazareth, they received a very little outpouring of Jesus' grace and just a few people getting healed. A teacher once stated the principle on, of honor like this: Honor accurately acknowledges who people are. In this position, you you give to them what they deserve, and to receive and in return you receive the gift of who they are in our lives. So basically, it's not just it's it's anyone you're seeing who they are in God. You're able to see the gold within them, no matter how you know rough around the edges they are. And by that, the gift that God's given to them, it overflows as grace and as breakthrough into, into your life. Life flows through honor. Your breakthrough flows through honor. Receiving an inheritance flows through honor. So this is a concept, it's a kingdom principle that we must learn, and we must learn to honor all those around us. Okay, so I'm going to uh, go into uh, four different ways we're called to honor and how that's going to bless you. The first way is we're called to honor what God has done and what he is doing. We're called to honor what God has done and what he is doing. Now, we need to be a people who acknowledge God, that God has set us free from a lot of things, Amen. Now, you see here at Seaside and the other campuses, we have people sharing their testimonies. A lot of the preachers, they, they preach from the pulpit. They share their testimonies, uh, different breakthroughs of what God has given them. And by sharing their testimonies, they're honoring what God is doing. They're accurately acknowledging that, man, my life was like this. And because of Jesus, now it's like this. Okay? They're honoring who Jesus is in their lives. They are acknowledging God in their testimony. We need to do the same and to honor what God has done. Now, whether you have a testimony like Pastor Caleb, okay, or testimony like mine, okay, where there's long periods of backsliding, drinking, and drugs, or whether your testimony is like Pastor John Newfeld, he's our worship pastor, and Pastor Christian, where it's kind of like, wait, 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 it's very squeaky clean, okay, okay either one or or the other or in the middle, okay? Even Pastor John Newfound and Pastor Chris's testimony is really powerful. Okay, There was this keeping power of God's grace that they had in their life. You know, it was crazy. So we took a preaching seminar at the retreat and Pastor Benjamin was, uh, I forget, uh, somebody had asked, well, you know, when I preach and I have never done drugs, but how do I preach to people who've done drugs and have that kind of authority to preach. Because, you know, oftentimes when you've gone through something, God will give you that kind of authority and anointing to heal people of the same thing. One of the questions that was brought up was, hey, I've actually never done drugs before. So can I, like, how do I exude that, like, you know, present that to people who've done drugs? It was really powerful. But he's like, no, that's a testimony in itself. Because God's kept you from drugs. Right. And because he has, you now have the authority to break that bondage off people's lives. And so Pastor Benjamin just started talking about his testimony. He was like, man, when I was in high school, and I would pray for hours, like four or five hours in the prayer closet. And I was like, what? In high school? And he just started talking about how you lay hands on people. They could be filled with the Spirit. And I was like, wow. I was blown away. That's an awesome testimony, yeah? To be able to move in that kind of power at a young age. So whatever your testimony is like, You need to honor what God has done in your life. Also, you need to honor what God is doing in your life right now. I said before, many times God will send you something you need in a package you don't want or you don't like. Are you honoring what God is doing in your life right now? Or are you constantly focusing on, man, I don't have this are you constantly focusing on your problems? Is it perhaps you're comparing yourself to the breakthroughs that other people are getting around you? Okay, this is not honoring to God. Okay, we have to get in the practice of constantly being in the place of honoring in what God is doing in our life right now. You know, Pastor Benjamin, he spoke an awesome sermon at the retreat. He kind of talked about how for us, we're going to go through different things and difficulties of life, right? But that the mature the mature Christian, as they become more mature in their walk, it's not that the problems go away, and it's not that the trials go away, but the only difference is, is that your perception changes. And so this is a way that you can really start to honor what God is doing and start to ask, man, God, what are you doing here? Man, God, I haven't had a job in like two years. I got I to gotta, I gotta support my family, or I got to do this. I, you know, all these different kinds of things are happening. But you have to honor what God is doing in your life now. Uh, begin to ask him, what are the things that you're doing? How are you moving in my workplace, God? Not just, man, my coworkers are so weird. And, man, th- this guy just bothers me, okay? It's really about honoring what God is doing right now so that not only do you release joy, not only are you releasing the power of Jesus in your life, but you just start to, when you start to acknowledge him, you just start to get a clarity of what is going on. Okay, second, we're called to honor our leaders. Okay, you see a good example of this in the Bible with prophet Elijah and his, his uh, disciple Elisha. Okay. Elisha followed him everywhere. Okay, even to the point when Elijah, whoo, whoo, he went up, Elisha saw him and got a double portion. Elisha okay, had to honor his leader because if, he, if you're going to follow someone around, then you got to see what God's doing in their life, right? You have to honor your leaders. Now, what happens when you have a leader, someone that you're called to submit to, and all you see is their weaknesses? Okay, it's so easy to treat your leader with contempt, Okay, I'm not just talking about like your spiritual leaders here, like your small group leaders, your community group leaders, your pastors. I'm also talking about your non-believing boss who is very passive-aggressive. Okay? Or your non-believing boss who has these anger issues. Okay? You're also called to honor him or her. <laughs> Sorry. Him or her. Okay. <laughs> uh, You know, it's very easy to look at someone and all you see is their faults. Kind of like any, like, moron can do that, right? You see someone, you're like, oh, they have this and that. It really takes a level of faith. It takes a level of your eyes changing, your perception changing, to really see the good in someone. And so as you start to honor your leaders, uh, even your, you know, in your secular workplaces, in, in your teaching jobs, okay, you want to call forth what's inside of them, okay? God has given a breakthrough through your non-believing boss, okay? He's also, although perhaps he's not a Christian yet, okay, he's also made in the image of God. God has set this man over him, okay? At least it's not like Saul and David, and he's going after you with a spear and arrow trying to kill you, right? I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that you can find something in him, pull out the gold in your non-believing boss. Now, it's funny because I laughed because I have a boss and he's a guy. And uh, he's, he's really nice. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, we talked to the other workers and I, I hear a lot of complaints, especially from the Korean staff, about him. What was interesting was I was kind of praying and I was like, man, God, can you show me like how I can honor this man? How can I really start to pull out the gold in him? And i ran into him sometime that week and he was you know dressed really nice and he had a thing of bleach in his hand and i was like oh you know oh, in korean i like, got translate okay so i was like oh what are you doing with this bleach he was like oh the bathroom smells so bad that i cleaned them and so th- this is not just my boss like i have a boss that's a girl and this is the boss uh, uh, about him so he's very high up there he was cleaning the bathrooms Because it smelled bad. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's such a hard worker. He's, like, really teaching. Our core value is to be faithful in the small things. And so I saw him. I was like, wow, this guy, he's so faithful in the small things. No one had asked him to clean. Because our bathrooms, they smell really bad. Like, really bad, especially the guys' bathrooms. He cleaned those bathrooms with with that bleach. So I really had to honor him in my heart. I thanked God for showing me that. We're called to honor our leaders. Now, I know that from the pulpit, we often preach, submit to your leaders. And I know uh, if you listen to uh, Rosie's testimony, it's really powerful. She kind of talks about, man, like, I didn't like to submit to my leaders. I didn't like to my leaders. But as God started to take her through this process of showing her the power of submitting to your leaders, it just completely changed her life. Now, you know, Pastor myung had come... uh, couple months ago and she preached a message about a key to your maturity and the key to your maturity being the level of submission to your leaders right and so she was kind of saying that she went to malaysia and she felt kind of awkward because she felt like she had to confront her team members hey honor me honor your team leader and she kind of was struggling and she was saying that it was kind of hard for her but i have no problem okay with saying this why because in the end it's not about me You know, Pastor Caleb and I are your leaders here, but whether you submit to us or not, it's not about me. You submitting provides your breakthrough. You submitting will bring life through your life, okay? But now, what I'm talking about here is not submission, okay? I think submission is like the bare minimum because we keep hearing this. It says in the Bible, submit to your leaders so that it may be a joy, right? We hear this, and so, you know, for the people who are just getting into this idea, Submission beca- becomes a thing of obedience. Like, mm, I don't like him, but it says in the Bible, I have to submit, so I'll submit. So submission, I really feel like it's more like the kind of first step. okay. But honoring your leaders, I feel like, is the next step. okay. This is when you start to see the gold in your leaders, again, like I said, right? This is when you start to pull it out of them, that when you start to know, hey, man, I have authority to bring out a better Pastor Caleb, I have an authority to bring out a better Pastor Mina. It's really calling that forth. So it was a couple Friday fires ago, Anna Rowe, our service team leader, she came and she talked with us, uh, me and Pastor Caleb, about something that she's been going through. Don't worry, Anna, I won't share what it was. Okay, I'll be brief, but she came to us. And so she, what she told us was, I have something that I would like to submit to you. That's what she said with her words, right? Later, I was kind of uh, thinking about it, right? What I realized, it wasn't an act of submission. It was really Anna's act of honor. Now, how how does this make sense, okay? An act of honor, it has to start from the heart. So it says in Isaiah, the the Lord is rebuking the Jewish people. He's saying, you honor me with your lips. You honor me with your songs, but your hearts are far from me. Honor the place that has to start from your heart. And so as Anna came to us, and she was honoring us, really opening up her heart fully to us about the situation that she was going through. God moved powerfully. And, you know, Pastor Caleb and I, we got to pray for her. And I just felt this. It was like, oh, yeah, we're talking. Oh, here's my wisdom. Blah, blah, blah. And then I prayed. I just felt this anointing on me. It just came with a quickness. It was a whoosh. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I pray this, I pray that," and you know, it's 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 fun ministering in the Holy Spirit anointing because it's easy, right? I started praying, I just started prophesying. It was like the spirit of prophecy came upon me, and it was just going forward, breakthrough happening, breaking things off of her. And same thing with Caleb. And then I was like, "Wow, you're really mushy, so I like you." And then Anna's like, yes, "Please stop." Uh, it's me, me. So anyway, it's because Anna, she honored us. It's not that she was submitting to us. She took it a step further, realizing that, man, my leaders, although they're great and good-looking, they have this breakthrough for us. And, man, God just started moving powerfully. And so when you honor your leaders, when you honor the people at your workplace, when you honor your bosses and even your spiritual authorities, it's taking that step further where you're saying, man, I want to honor you with all my heart. A third is honor each other. This means you honor your Buddhist cousin. Okay, This means you honor your crazy mom. Okay, this means you honor the people at work. And the reason that we're honoring them is because we don't live by a worldly standard. So if you look at the world, they honor people who have status. They honor people who got the monies. Okay, they honor people who are highly educated but we're not called to do that okay when you honor someone basically what you're doing is even i'm talking about like the people that you meet on the streets like we used to evangelize to a lot of like homeless people in seoul okay and so when we honor them we're not looking at what the world sees them as oh here's a homeless person who has no money we're seeing them as god sees them and what's happening is we're placing a crown of beauty on them instead of ashes it's not affirming what's going on on the outside but it's really pulling forth what god calls over them we need to honor the people around us now i want to kind of add in if you're an active leader here and you're discipling people honor your small group leader uh, members okay honor the people that have been entrusted to your authority because they very well can also provide breakthrough in your life amen so those of you in small groups, uh, those of you who are uh, just members and attendees here, know that the breakthrough is also within you to give to us as well. And so I used to uh, disciple these two girls at a separate occasion named Sunny Hong and Fei Yang. <laughs> They're very interesting people. I always get very quirky people in my small group. And anyway, you know Pastor Marcus? So he was preaching last Sunday. And he talked about me. And you know he said that he said that I was quirky. And then he said it twice. Do you know Mina? She's really quirky. No, I mean, anyway. I was like, I am not that quirky. But anyway, so I did to say that. Okay? But my small group members, they have this gift of evangelism i really believe i have it too but the, to the amount of fruit that they've had they've led so many people to christ so they'll call me like oh amina i led this person to christ and this uh, it was like all the time they've, they must have led like 20 to 30 plus people to christ and so when i saw that on them i was like oh man i need that And so I started asking them for advice. I was taking notes on what they do. I got them to pray for me. It happened, you know, Faye's actually in America now, so I Skype with her. I was like, pray for me, pray for me. It was, I was honoring my former disciples. I was honoring them for what they carry. And when you honor that, when you honor the people around you, and when you honor each other, you start to pull forth the graces and the gifts that they are in your life. Okay, and last, I want... Oh, sorry. Okay, last, honor what you carry. I'm going to spend some time here because I feel like this is what is the most difficult sometimes. Okay, it's easy to honor the preacher on the pulpit. It's easy to honor the worship leader, honor the active leaders. It's even easy to honor your parents sometimes, honor the people around you. But why is it that we have such a hard time honoring ourselves? When you honor what you carry, you begin to reveal God's glory within you. It says in the Bible that those who've been given much will be asked for much, Okay, this kind of m- mindset and mentality that we don't have anything, I don't have these gifts, I can't do what they do, and start this comparison mindset is not of God. You must honor what you carry. And so I remember this one time in Friday Fire a while back, Pastor Christian got all the leaders, like the top-level leaders up to the front, and then he had people come up and then pray for us. Does that make sense? So the leaders came up, and then he had people come pray for us. And I remember the girl was in front of me, and she was like, tearing up. She's like, I can't pray for you. I can't pray for you because you're you and I'm me. And I was like, please pray for me. Please, I need prayer. Pray for me. And so I kind of had to sit there and couch. So I was like, no, you. I, I, I need what you have to pray for me. And, and so anyway, uh, after a little time went by, she prayed for me. And it was really powerful because I really believe, man, this girl has something. That, that I need, you need to honor what you carry. Because when you do not honor what you carry, you cannot be the gift that God has made you to Christ, uh, in the body of Christ. It was really cool because Pastor Daniels, who's Pastor Benjamin's spiritual mentor, he used to say that, man, the answer that you need is in your covenant community. So, for instance, if you're looking for a breakthrough in something, there's somebody in there that God has placed in your midst that can help you. And this is the truth. This is why everyone is made different. Can you imagine if there were like 50 Caleb's at Seaside? That would be really scary. Or can you imagine? God's made us all different because we're meant to be a body. So this means that you guys have individual giftings, a set of skills, a set of anointings, a set of, you know, different things. But it's also your personality, your personality, Catherine Yang, is a gift to the body of Christ. Your personality, Jen, is a gift to the body of Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just call Jen because I say she's weird a lot. But I love you, Jen, and I appreciate that. <laughs> but who you are, you need to honor what you carry. When you start to begin this inward thing, like, man, and especially I know girls kind of go through, like, a comparison thing where they're like, oh, I want, I want to be, like, Pastor Lydia, she's so nice and caring and pretty, or I want to be like this and that. It's when you're doing that, you're robbing yourself, but you're robbing others of what you have to offer. You must honor yourself. Now, I, I think this part is especially important as we're in the year of inspiration, Because, you know, our church has been, 2013 is a year of inspiration. And recently, these days, I've been kind of stirred up to pray more for this. Because it's like this. If if each believer comes to the full revelation and understanding of who they are in Christ, this creative bubble starts to come forth. And then what, the way you manifest Jesus, the way that you show Jesus, it's going to look like in a Julie Shrek way. So Julie Shrek's way of showing Jesus is going to look different from the way that James shows Jesus. And I was like, as I was praying, I was getting so excited. I was getting stirred with zeal because once this happens, we are going to be unstoppable. Like the force of Christians is going to just start to impact the nations; It's going to impact everywhere you go when that full understanding of who you are in Christ comes to pass. Man, this is why the devil has so many schemes against the bondage in your life this is why you know we come across beautiful girls who who've been lied to uh, you know through people or or through the deception of the enemy who think they're ugly and think they're like disgusting okay this is why we have girls who go to anorexia or we have people in depression because the devil is desperately trying to stop you from realizing who you are in christ what does aj look like fully in christ Is he going to be the rapper, rapping about Jesus? It's going to look totally different than anybody else. This is why the enemy tries so hard. So as Christians, we need to honor what we carry. It's about you because it feels good to feel honored. (laughs) Hey, I honor myself. I feel good. But it's also not about you. It's because when you honor yourself, you begin to reveal God's glory to everyone around you. And this it's kind of like this this I think this is the revelation that I got this morning is that you know so many times we Christians we try so hard like oh it's Sunday I got to get ready for church I'm going to pray oh yeah, yeah Jesus and then we you know we 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 kind of get ourselves ready but I, I think the the reason I was crying so much was I felt like God was saying like you don't have to try so hard like you I've made you right? And the cool thing was Pastor Benjamin also shared uh, in one of his sermons that everything in your life has been a preparation up to this point, right? So that's why we need to honor what God has done. This is why we need to honor what God is doing. But everything in your life was a preparation to this point. It's kind of just like this, woo this 180 revelation hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't really have to try, if that makes sense so many times we try we try to minister to our coworkers i need to be a good christian i want to do these things and that but once you come to the full revelation understanding of who you are in god it's like that's it it's just like a click it just clicks and then you just act you just be you and then it's just breakthrough there's breakthrough all around you it's like it's like it's pretty crazy cuz you know, every kind of testimony that God has worked in your life, you know, there's a billion, of many, 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 many testimonies that God has used you that you do not know how God is using you. Like, there's people that are blessed by you that don't say stuff. And there's people that get breakthrough by you just being around them. Okay, we have to honor what you carry. You have to honor your personality. Introverts, we love you. Introverts, it's okay that you like to spend one hour by yourself after hanging out one hour with everybody else. I don't understand, but I honor that. And honor that in yourselves. Sanguents, honor yourselves. Yes, you talk a lot, me included, but that's okay. okay. Honor your personalities. Know that you provide joy. Honor what you carry, and God's glory will be revealed in you. Now, uh, let's take this time to pray. Uh, I just want us to spend some time, or spend, you guys, you guys spend some time, in especially this last point of honoring what you carry. I felt like God was very much highlighting this point to me uh, today, that this is what oftentimes we struggle with so hard because we have this image of what, oh, what does this person think of me? I have to act in this way that they think that I'm supposed to act or because I'm a Christian or because I'm a minister or because whatever, that there's this kind of limitation that we put on ourselves. So I want us to just take this time and just thank God. This is going to sound weird but thank God for yourself, okay? I realize we don't ever take that much time to do this because oftentimes it's about different things. But I want you guys to actively start thinking, asking God to reveal things to you. Okay, there's easy things like, oh, everyone says I'm caring and that's pretty easy. Maybe start asking God to highlight those things that you don't like about yourself that much you don't like the way something looks on your face you don't like your nose perhaps or you don't like the way that you interact with people okay i want us to just take this time and just start thanking god for these things thank god god i'm thankful that lord that you have made me this way thank you god that you have given me these gifts and talents thank you god for these things, and I just want us to take some time. Let's pray. Thank God for yourself. Let's pray. God, we just take this time today, and we take this word seriously. We want to honor who Jesus is in our lives. We thank you, God, that you've created each and every one of us with a unique personality, uh, different giftings. Uh, different ways of relating to people, Lord. And God, we honor who we are today. Uh, We say that, God, that you did not make a mistake, that, God, that you hand-chose us, that you chose for us to look this way, and we declare that we're beautifully made in your image. God, we pray, God, that throughout this week that deeper revelations will go. Holy Spirit, you live inside each of your people. Begin to unlock revelation of who they are in you. Begin to unlock Uh, thanksgiving and understanding of how they've been beautifully made god begin to show them what's in their hand that they can offer to the people around them lord and god we thank you that when this happens the world will never be the same place when your people take your place god take their place when they begin to see who they are and the gift that they are in you lord That, God, Busan will never be the same. Korea will never be the same, Lord. So, God, I just ask that you will release grace right now uh, over the house, over the people here that are listening. That, God, that you will just begin to show them all that they carry in within you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.